Hey podcast, I wanted to do a little caveat in the beginning of this episode. This was originally a YouTube live stream video that I did, so some things I'm gonna be referring to what you can see and what's on the screen in the video. So just take that into consideration when you're listening. You should be able to get an idea of everything that, that I'm talking about and everything that I'm referring to, but I just wanted to put that caveat in there. I'm planning on doing some more live streams on YouTube in the future. If you wanna be notified about that, make sure to go over to YouTube and subscribe to my channel so you'll get those notifications when I go live and for my new videos. But enough talking, let's get into the episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Looks like we got two people on. How's it going, everybody? Send me a message so I know who I'm talking to. Hoping to get a few people on here so that way we can talk some fishing. What's up, Jaycod Fishing? How's it going? Thanks for tuning into my live. This is the first one I've ever done. Um, while we're getting going and trying to get a few more people on here, um, let's ask some questions down in the uh, in the comments section. I'm doing well. I hope everybody else is doing well. Um, I've never done a live on YouTube. I've done some Instagram stuff before, but never on YouTube. So hopefully this is uh, kind of cool for everybody. I, I've never done any of this. So I think that there's the super chat thing. If you wanted to do any of that kind of stuff, never done any of that before. So don't feel obligated. But if you want to feel free. Um, lately, I've been able to get out and go fish at um, the river. It's about three hours away from where I live. and um, the drive's kind of a drive, but the fishing has been really fun, so it's been pretty cool. So I figured I'd take this time to do um, a little talking about the the rods and the reels that I've been doing doing well on out there, and the and the baits as well. Um, you know, the PB Dad just mentioned that um, he's catching them on the square bill, and that's exactly what I want to talk about. I'm going to talk to you guys about the rod and reel setup and the baits that I've been using in particular. The square bill has really caught me a bunch of fish. I haven't caught any giants doing it but I've been getting consistent bites out there and it's, it's not a place that I've fished uh, very much at all. So I think that um, doing some talking about the square bill is going to be pretty cool. Caught them on three different colors, two bluegill colors, and then one black and blue. It's called black magic. It's the six cents crush 50 X square bill. So what I'm going to do first is I'm going to get the rod right here. So right here, what we got is the black magic crush 50 X six cents square bill. And then this is the seven foot two. Let's see if I can get it in the screen so you guys can see it's a seven foot two medium, heavy, moderate, fast action. And this is a great square bill rod. I'm really liking it so far. This is the six cents Lux series rod. So I'm gonna take the rod tube off real quick or the rod sleeve and kind of give you a better little show of the black magic crankbait on here and this is a great dirty water color this is the six cents crush 50x black magic in color um, it's got those cool greenish blue eyes depending on how i turn the bait and then on the bottom it's got that chartreuse and blue belly to it and it's really really a cool bait in the water it really sticks out in some of that dirty water and um, i just got these and i was fishing it out the river the other day and um, they were eating it um, you obviously probably can't see it in um, on the camera here, but I'm gonna get it close. Um, you actually can. There's some there's some teeth marks on that bait and stuff like that from catching some fish on it. And uh, so far, it's been a fun bait to throw. Square bills are one of my favorite types of crankbaits to fish. And um, 
this is one that I wanted to show you guys. If you hear some background noise, like a helicopter flying, it's because I'm in the garage right now filming this. So if there's a little background noise, I apologize. But we're going to just kind of make do and uh, talk fishing. But one of the things that I really like to do is fish these around grass, around rocks. The square bill can come through wood fairly well. One of the things when you're fishing it around wood, you definitely want to kind of reel it slow through that wood because if you reel it fast, that's when you're going to get hung up in that brush or anything like that. And obviously, if it's super thick brush, you may have a little bit of trouble getting that square bill through. But if you have like scattered sticks and stuff sticking out through the water, um, stuff like that, you can definitely throw a square bill through that. And you're just going to have to reel it real slow, just barely enough to where you can start to feel the vibration of that bait and you'll be able to work it through a lot of that, that wood cover. And then the going into the rod a little bit more. Um, I really like this rod because it's not too long to kind of impede any of your your length of, of cast or your sorry, it's not too long to make it so you can't get accurate casts with your square bill, but it's also long enough at that seven foot two to get a long cast out of this rod. And then the moderate and medium heavy action on it is what kind of gives you the ability to really get some of that great action on the square bill. Because if you go too heavy a line or too heavy of a rod, you're not going to get the action that you want out of that bait. So pairing the right size line with the right size rod and, and the reel as well is going to really be the combo that you want to focus on. So that way you get the most action and get the most bites. And you also don't want too stiff of a rod because then you're going to yank those trebles out of those that fish's mouth and you're not realistic bluegill color and uh, one of my favorite bluegill colors that six cents offers and six cents has a ton of different colors I, I, I don't even know how many they have but six cents makes a ton um, I also work with Omnia fishing and they're carrying the six cents baits as well so they got a bunch of colors as well and you're not going to be able to find a lot of companies that have this quality of of paint schemes number of paint schemes compared to the price that you're going to pay for these baits. These are definitely something that you definitely want to consider when you're getting in your crankbaits and getting into those um, different hard baits. And, and it's just, I'm really happy with them. I've caught a ton of fish on them and a ton of different colors. And I uh, just want to share that with you guys. And the rod and reel setup is exactly the same as I just outlined. This is the older model Lux rod, but same actions, same gear ratio, reel, same exact reel. And when it comes to line, I go with 12 pound fluorocarbon. You could also go down to a 10 pound fluorocarbon as well if you wanted to. But I think that that fluorocarbon definitely makes a difference. And it's something that you definitely want to consider when you're throwing those crankbaits. So we got that plane going through. So I'm going to let that kind of go through here for a second. But um, six cents, when you're talking about big swim baits, how big are you talking about? Because they have some glide baits and they do have... Um, let me, let me look at the phone. I don't want to tell you the wrong information. So let me look it up real quick. And uh, they have a glide bait. They have a swim crank, which is kind of like a, a little bit like a swim bait. Um, let me look it up on the computer real quick or on my phone. So that way I get you the right information. Here we go. So they have two different glide baits. They have the hybrid swim crank, which I want to use. I haven't gotten a lot of opportunity to use it too much um the glide bait itself the six cents speed glide is four inches long 
And then they have the Flow Glider 130, which is 5.15 inches long. So they're not the, the real, real big ones, but they're they're right in that perfect size where you can fish them all over the place and um, gonna get you some bites. I haven't had a chance to fish them a ton myself, but um, obviously, you know, I want to, but you, you gotta you gotta fish what they're eating. And I found that they were eating that crankbait and stuff like that. So um, I've been fishing both sides of the river when it comes to uh, my recent videos. I fished the Arizona side and the California side. Um, so it just kind of depends. I don't know the river very well. I just kind of go and fish what looks good. And I've been able to catch some fish doing that. So that's just what I've been doing the whole time or the last couple trips that I had out there. Um, does anybody have any specific questions regarding some of my recent videos, stuff like that? So um, I can maybe answer any questions. It could be bait making, it could be fishing. Um, if you have any questions, make sure to type them in there and I'll do my best to keep up with it and, and ask or answer them. Um, are you, Isaiah, are you talking about the swim crank? Is that the one you're talking about? So one other thing that I want to show you guys, let me, I'm going to go away from the camera real quick and grab a couple things and uh, show you some new molds that I got. Um, and Robbie, I'm fishing the backwaters. I'm not fishing the current. So I got a couple new molds from Duo Molds that I'm really excited about. I got this one right here, which is the Shake It Screw Lock. So basically this is a shaky head mold. Um, I got this one because I wanted to be able to make some smaller sized shaky heads like that eighth ounce, three sixteenth ounce. And uh, then I also got this round head jig. You can uh, make finesse jigs. You can use it like as a ball head for swim baits and stuff like that. And I really think that I, uh, you know, can make some really good stuff. The, you know, small swim baits and stuff like that will work great on that round head jig. And then, you know, your worms and stuff like that are going to work pretty good on that shaky head. And then for my bigger shaky heads, I'm going to use the six cents divine shaky head, but I wanted to get that mold so I can make some smaller size ones. Um, I've, I've never fished the James river and you made it. Mason made a homemade rod holder. That's pretty cool. Um, I've been to Lake Mojave and it was not good fishing when I went out there. It was for a wild west bass trail pro-am in February. The fishing was really, really tough. The guys that did catch them caught them um, like super finessey with like flies and stuff like that. And, and uh, basically just, finding that clear water and finding those small mouth and just casting the ones that they could see far away. And then, uh, um, I haven't caught, I, I caught a striper on a Carolina rig. If you believe that out at, out at Mojave in practice. And, um, you feel the fishing is better on the river than inland. What do you mean by river or inland? I'm not sure what you mean by that. Like inland, like San Diego or inland in the river somewhere. Uh, rough and have to, I was fishing that weekend in a kayak tournament. Are you talking about the, the one bass, um, tournament that was out there this year, ripping lips, um, San Diego versus the river. I, I, so far, it seems like the fishing is probably better out the river. Generally, it probably doesn't get as much pressure as San Diego does, 
but um, it's also the right time of year to get to catch a lot of fish. They look like there's a bluegill spawn going out in the river as well, which is why I was focusing on that um, that bluegill pattern um, square bill. And uh, I also caught some chatterbait fish and um, anything that looked like a bluegill they were coming after. You could see the bluegill sitting on beds and stuff like that. So it was definitely um, a bluegill spawn going on. Um, tried entering the tourney, but no boat to go on and no oh yeah yeah that fit that tournament was super rough for me um a lot of the people that i knew didn't catch them very well um i caught some good fish in practice and pretty much every every fish that you got caught and bit on was was a good one and unfortunately i could not get enough of those bites i did end up getting a couple fish in the boat on the last day and for one bass tournaments those pro-ams for those of you guys that don't know you draw co-anglers and you guys fish as a team for that day and um it's it's kind of a cool format so you fish as a team for that day and then you find a new they, they draw you into a new partner out there and um you guys have that shared weight for the day and then you have a new partner the next day and you guys share that weight for the day and um your your weights add up individually so that so the pros fish for the pro money and the coast fish for the co money, but it's kind of a cool format and um, probably can, can probably learn a lot fishing the one bass stuff. Yes, they are doing a striper tournament out there this summer. I think they do that every year out there. I'm not exactly sure. Um, I am having a better time out the river. The one of the couple trips before in San Diego, um, it was, it was real fun out here. It seemed like they just moved up onto the beds. They were shallow and you could catch them. It was the video where I caught a lot of fish on the different six cents plastics. That was a fun day. But then I went back out there the next weekend or two weeks later and it was, it was hard to get bit. So it was post front that day. And I think that they moved off the beds. They weren't shallow anymore. It, so it was kind of funky that day and it just, they didn't eat as well as I was hoping. But the desert lakes, man, the like, Havasu, Mojave, and Mead, they all seem like they can be pretty tough at times. Um, they can be really good, but they can also be really tough. Um, unfortunately, Mead was tough in October. Havasu was tough in February. But, you know, that's just the way it goes. Unfortunately, when you're tournament fishing, you don't get to just pick, you know, what, what the fishing conditions are going to be like. Just started fishing hardcore maybe six months ago, and we're killing smallies on Mojave lately. Next time you come out, let me know. Yeah, Mojave can be good. I know that the fishing can be good there, but it was one of those February tournaments, just like like Havasu was tough in February. The that Mojave tournament was was tough. It was like a week, two weeks from going crazy. They were wanting to get shallow. They weren't all shallow. Um, they weren't really pre-spawned to where they wanted to load up and eat before they get on the beds. It was just tough for me, and I, that was the first time I'd ever been on Mojave. It was the first pro-am I had ever fished. Um, only time I'd been out to any of the desert lakes was was Lake Mead, and there's some similarities between the two, but I hadn't even fished a, a U.S. Open yet. I'd only fished as a co-angler at the U.S. Open, so it was it was kind of a, you know, jumping in with both feet and just, you know, kind of hoping I could catch some fish, and I brought fish in each day, but it, it wasn't a good tournament. So what do you guys think? Should I try to do some of these lives a little bit more often? Is your bench from a store? I did not make it. I actually have two benches connected to one another. If you can see that. And um, 
they are from Harbor Freight. They're about a hundred bucks a piece. Um, they come with that pegboard. You got to buy the pegs separately, but um, it's great for being able to um, have all your stuff set up, ready to go to make your baits or whatever you're doing. And Mason, were you saying that I should do some more lives? Okay, yeah, I can definitely try to do that. I was going to do a video in particular, which I still might do, talking a little bit more in depth on those crankbaits I just talked to you guys about. I still might do it because I don't know how many people are interested in watching the live streams after they go live. So we'll just have to kind of see how that goes. Um, this is the first one I did, so I'm just going to kind of figure it out as I go. But um, I still might do like a full length video showing some of the catches and stuff like that to kind of break down a little bit more in depth what I was doing, what I was looking for, because I think the the little points that were in all the backwaters were, were a player too. I think some of those fish were guarding fry, um, you know, on some of those shallow points and stuff like that, where I was throwing that crankbait around and there's some grass starting to grow. And I think some of the fish were trying to be in some of that grass and all that. So I think there's a few different things going on out in the river in my recent trips. And, you know, I'd like to maybe get some of your guys' feedback to try to figure out what um, you guys would like me to do for some lives some maybe some Q and A's or different topics that, that you guys would like to hear about. So that way I can put out some content that you guys want to see specifically. Did everybody get in on the giveaway that I have going on with those swim baits from my video from last Thursday? Winner's going to get announced this coming Thursday. Um, did you guys all get in? Awesome. Glad you got in. If the viewers dig the show, they'll watch the lives as a video for sure. Yeah, cool. I mean, I, that's what I'm hoping for is that people enjoy the live stuff because it kind of makes it a little, it's a little bit easier on me. It gives me a way to put out more video content instead of like trying to figure out a content idea, you know, film it all, edit it all, upload everything, doing the lives. I can kind of, you know, get a specific topic going and, you know, really get some feedback from you guys to really figure out what you want to know about because I can put this stuff out and talk about stuff, but I want to make sure that you guys like it. So that way you guys are getting what you want out of my channel because my, my channel has been growing as of late, which is awesome. So if you're new to the channel, really, really thank you for coming along and, and watching my videos. And if you've been a lot around for a long time, I really appreciate that as well. Um, it means a lot to me that you guys watch the stuff. It means a lot to me that you guys are taking in this live content right now. Um, means a lot, everybody, anybody that watches my stuff, it means a lot. Um, I finally got monetized on my channel, which is, which is pretty cool. So, um, if, if you have a channel and you're trying to get monetized, once you get there, it doesn't mean you're making a lot of money. Cause trust me, I'm not making a lot of money off of YouTube. Um, it's obviously better than it was because any money is better than no money, but it takes a long, long time for you to actually get to the point where you're making any kind of decent money from YouTube. How's the audio as well? Are you guys able to hear me good or is it is it too far away or what? Okay, cool. Thanks for thanks for saying that. I'm glad you guys can hear me well because on my end, there's like this little bar that shows you how many, like a little dots that when you're talking, you can see. And I just want to make sure it wasn't too low for everybody. Does anybody have any more topics that they want to hear about? Ask me any questions about anything. I kind of just am winging it here. I didn't really have a plan. I just wanted to kind of figure out what exactly is going on here on YouTube on, on the lives and everything and just trying to feel it out a little bit. One other thing I got sitting right here in front of me is one of my one of my football jigs I made. This is a six cent skirt on it. Um, I really like these little football jigs that I make. Um, 
this is one of the standard ones. If you've seen my website, it's the standard head. It means it's not one of the stand-up ones. Um, the uh, hook on it, it's an owner. It's an owner deep throat hook. It's got that shape to it. It really, really pins those fish really well. Um, and then this is a boss weed guard, right? That's a boss weed guard right there that I that I really like using. It makes it really easy to um, install. And I saw some questions come through. Uh, the best beginner mold you can get. I mean, it all depends on what you want to do. Do you want to make plastics or do you want to um, do lead stuff like, like jigs and everything? I dig the fishing vids for sure. Tough for me personally to stay focused on the bait making vids, but for the folks who like them, should chime in. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do both of them because it's two things that I, I, I like to do. I think there's a lot of people that like both. Lately, for whatever reason, the tackle making videos have done better um, in terms of views and stuff than the um, than the fishing specific videos. Um, I wish I could fish more to put out more fishing specific videos, but you know, I got to do a, I got to do what I have time for, and then doing the tackle making stuff. One, I enjoy it, but it also gives me the ability to put out more content, and it kind of breaks up the monotony for some people of watching me fish over and over and over again. And then in terms of the best, it does cost money as well, but that's not so much of the factor as much as, you know, I, I, I got to work full time and everything. So I only have the weekends and you, you got to balance that with family time and everything. Um, and when it comes to plastics, what's your favorite type of bait to throw Mason? Is it, you know, like a, like a brush hog style bait, like a Senko type bait or what? And that can kind of help me point you in a direction on, on maybe what what kind of mold you should get. Okay, so so dual molds actually has a specific um, Gary Yamamoto Senko mold. So you can go to dual molds, you can get the exact replica mold of a Senko, and um, it's the Gary Yamamoto Senko mold. And um, what I would suggest is whatever. What's your favorite color Senko to throw? I would imagine like a green pumpkin or something like that. But what, what's your favorite? If you guys haven't tried the clout yet, you maybe want to get your hands on the clout and, and tried that. Um, that's the six cent stick bait. I've caught a couple fish on it. I like those baits as well. Um, but watermelon red, yeah, that's a pretty, pretty easy color for you to make. Um, you just want to get some watermelon colorant from, from dual molds and um, get some red flake and then you're good. So if you have the mold, you have the plastisol, which is the plastic itself. You have the colorant, you have the, the red flake that's what you need um they have um, beginner series or beginner kits that you can get so that way you have everything that you need i'm going to look it up on my phone while we're talking and give you more detail on that so i can kind of guide you in a better direction but if you go on the do it molds website and just probably search Cinco, it'll come up and they, they might have a kit for the Senko. So they have a four, five, and six inch four cavity Gary Yamamoto Senko mold for duet molds. Um, one thing you might want to get is a laminate plate for that. So that way you can make two color baits like, like in this picture right here. Obviously that's not watermelon red, but that gives you an idea. You can, when you have the laminate plate like that, you can use a single injector and make your um, 
two color worms like that. So one side's got one color, one side's got the other color. Obviously you're gonna need more different color um, colorants and stuff like that to make your different color plastics, but that's the simple way to do it. You can also get a dual injector and, and shoot both of those colors at the same time, which is a little bit more difficult to do, but that's what you see me do in, in my videos. Um, so I hope that, does that answer your, your question? Who's able to fish right now? That's one thing I want to know is who's able to fish right now because it's it literally I got to drive two if not three hours in order to get to an open launch ramp. Okay, cool. I'm glad it was it was helpful. Um, I could go up into LA to fish, but um, I think the river's probably more fun than going up into LA. So that's why I've been making the extra hour out to the river. So I just probably think the fishing's a little bit better, and um, I can. I can fish pretty much the same way in San Diego as I can up in LA from what I understand. I haven't fished up there too much, but, um, Willie, where's your, where do you live? What, what's open right now out there? 40 mile an hour winds in Ohio. That'll definitely keep you off the water. That's pretty brutal. But at least when those winds die down, it sounds like you're able to get out there and go fishing. Um, we're locked down out here. Um, LA's got some lakes open, but pretty much it's it's closed up shop down here in terms of fishing. Yeah, Arizona's pretty much open. Um, I'm thinking about trying to get out to Havasu in order to fish a little bit um, on one of these weekends just to just to keep fishing and keep filming and keep keep doing everything. Um, we're going on in a half an hour here, so Middle Tennessee. That's awesome that everything's open. I heard Tennessee. I don't know if you guys listen to Luke Duncan's podcast or not, but he was talking about how Tennessee is pretty much wide open and stuff too. Um, we're going on a half an hour here on this live. Um, is there anything else that you guys want to know about? Any questions that I can answer before we we close this up? I don't want to take up too much of your guys' time because we can always do this again. And, you know, always, anytime you guys have ideas, comment them in my videos comment on my post, stuff like that. So that way I can, you know, figure out what you guys want to know about. Ohio closed the Sandusky River. And, okay. So you got a couple things closed, unfortunately, but are a lot of your smaller stuff open and able to fish at least? Okay, cool. At least you're able to get out there. Do you recommend using salt or glass beads for making Cinco's? Um, I have heard that the glass beads can cut your your injectors or like scratch the injector on the inside, whether that's good or bad, like whether that's that big of a deal or not, I don't know exactly, but I would use salt personally. Um, that's what I would do. I use salt in some of the baits that I use and I, and, and, and that I make and some of the, the, uh, some of the baits that I make, I don't have salt just kind of depends the, you know, the brush hog style mold that I have, I do put a little bit of salt in those baits. Um, it's, so it's kind of hit or miss on whether I put salt in, but I don't personally use the glass beads. I do, I do the salt. And then I saw another question come through best color bait for dark waters. That's usually going to be your blacks and blues or your super bright, like chartreuse and blue. Um, in the beginning of this live, I'm going to show you, show you again is I've been catching some fish on this crankbait right here. This is the black magic, uh, black magic uh crush 50x square bill um it, i caught some fish on it this past weekend and um, that's a great color for dirty water um 
You could do the chartreuse and blues. So it's either the, the blacks with the blues or the real super bright colors. Those are going to be your kind of your go-tos for dark water. And then, yeah, uh, thank you for, for appreciating the hard work. And, and uh, so the time, yeah, I'll, I'll let them know you said thank you for, for letting me get out here and uh, talk to you guys for a little bit. I hope, I hope you guys enjoyed the live. It was kind of fun to do. Um, it's kind of weird just talking to a screen, but even though I can see some of the comments over there, um, it's, it's pretty cool that um, I got some people on here and hopefully some people tune into the live, you know, going forward or we'll watch this video after it's all uploaded or however it works. I don't know. Um, I've fished in the river and have to, yeah. Um, it's not my main areas that I fish, but I do fish the river and have to a little bit. Um, uh, only access points. Got it. Yeah. Closed. See you, Mason. Thanks for, Thanks for watching, man. I really appreciate it. And Willie, you're welcome. You're welcome. I try to answer as many questions as I can, whether it's comments or posts on, or comments on my posts on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, wherever. I try to do the best I can to answer everybody's questions. And I think I do an okay job. I might miss them here and there. But um, um, thanks for thank you everybody for watching. I hope that you guys got something out of this live. I hope it was entertaining for a little bit. Really appreciate it. Um, looks like we got a few more people that just hopped on. If anybody that just popped on has any questions, I can answer a couple questions before we before we get out of here. What baits would you recommend for a 501 reel? That's going to be a reaction bait or a deep cranking reel, in my opinion. Um, the the slow gear ratio reels like that were were popular for a while for cranking, especially the deep cranking because. Sometimes those high gear ratio reels, they don't like the the resistance that the um, that those crankbaits, those deep water cranks, they're gonna do. And I'm talking about like your big ones, your 25 foot, 20 to 25 foot cranks. Those those are the ones that that might do really well with that 5.0 to one reel. I was talking earlier in this in this live video about my cranking setup that that I've been using lately with the square bills, and it's a six three to one, but um, I think that five, five out of one might be good for something like that. I don't have any, any reels that are that slow gear ratio, but, um, I would definitely put it on, on a crankbait rod, something like that. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to get out of here. Um, thanks for watching the live. I really appreciate it. Um, I hope you guys have a good rest of the day. I hope you guys are staying safe and staying out of the, out of the COVID-19 coronavirus stuff. Um, one more question just popped up that I'm going to ask. Carson, the uh, my favorite line setup for rod and rod for the Ned Rigs. Um, I don't have my spin, spinning rods with me right now, but I like to use the Six Sense Lux spinning rod. It's a seven foot two spinning rod. It's a medium action. The line, I like to use braid to fluorocarbon. I like to use like around a 10 to 12 pound test braided line to about a six pound to eight pound test fluorocarbon leader and you just tie your favorite connection knot for that um reel i like to use a daiwa or a shimano um spinning reel i don't have a really expensive spinning reels mine are probably around a hundred dollars or so 
the NASCI is a good bang for your buck and the Daiwa Fuego is also a good bang for your buck. Um, so yeah, if you, if you're looking to get any of those reels or anything like that, I have a code through Omnia fishing. It's Luna first 15 that you can use to get, um, 15% off those reels. And then if you're looking for that rod or anything like that, you can use code Luna 10 on the six cents website and um, try out any of their products, um, or anything like that. But all right, guys, I'm going to go officially this time. So thanks for checking in. Thanks for tuning into my live. And I'm looking forward to doing this again. And like I said, um, if you have any questions, feel free to comment down below what you'd like to see in a future live or something like that. But again, thanks for watching. Really appreciate it. See you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. I really appreciate it. I want to talk to you guys real quick before we go about how you can support my podcast. You guys know I want to fish professionally and make a living doing it, and I can't do that on my own. So if you guys want to support the podcast, that's an option that Anchor provides, so I want to let you guys know about it. If you're interested in doing that, go to anchor.fm slash matt-luna-fishing and click the support this podcast link. I'll also leave a link in the show notes if it's something that you're interested in. I kind of feel weird ask, uh, mentioning it, but I wanted to pass that information along to you guys. Also, if you want to get a free ebook that I have put out, all you got to do is sign up for my email list. There'll be a link in the show notes for that as well. And you can learn about what bass seed talks about shad, bluegill, and crawfish, and the different times of year that you can target those forages where the bass should be. may not be a perfect every time you go fishing way to find the bass, but it can kind of give you that yearly timeline and help you be close to the right areas where those fish are. So thanks again for listening. I appreciate it.